it's making informed choices based mm-hmm. on a true knowledge of how we work best, what our, our goals are being, it, it's all about that clarity of who we are and where we want to go so that, you know, we talk about alignment, you hear the word alignment, it's easy to pass that off, but all it means is matching up who you are, what you want to do and how to do it the best way. Welcome to the Rustic Affair podcast, a show that helps to inspire and empower listeners to become the best version of themselves by bringing you engaging guest speakers who share their powerful stories of transformation and change. My name is Kristen Nicholson. I'm a teacher, conference host, and women's empowerment entrepreneur. Thank you for joining us today and listening to this episode. I am honored today to introduce our guest speaker, Lisa Zarotny, who is the founder of the Positively Productive Systems and the host of Positive Living Podcast. After experiencing a deeply overwhelming time in her life, juggling multiple roles as a caregiver, wife, mother, and business owner, she is now a productivity and organizing coach certified in time and stress management. Thank you very much for joining me, uh, Lisa, today. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Oh, thank you so much, Krista. I am delighted to be here and I can't wait to get into it because it's going to be so good. Excellent. Excellent. Yes. Well, our topic today is really looking at organization around how organization and such really helps to empower people. So tell me a little bit more about what you do and uh, then we'll get into our topic a little bit more. Okay. I'd love to. So first of all, hi everyone. I'm Lisa Zaratni. I am the founder of Positively Productive Systems and the host of the Positively Living podcast. And I'm a productivity and organizing coach and what that means, it can mean anything you want it to mean surrounding those concepts of really getting clear and simplifying our lives. I am certified in time and stress management. And what I use is simplicity, self-awareness, and systems as a way to help my clients, which are most often multi-passionate creatives. They're trying to balance business and family, right? Do all the things, create all the things. Absolutely. Uh, right? That resonates, right? And so I want to help them boost the productivity and do it simply and sustainably so we can avoid the burnout. And on a personal note, I'm a wife and mom, uh, two kids and cats, and I do the juggling act too. And my love languages are Venn diagrams and coffee. And I love to chat in music lyrics, movie quotes, or if we're online, we can chat through gifts. And I'm totally good with that. Awesome. Well, that is good to know about your love languages. Maybe we'll have to touch upon that later. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'll bring diagram Venn diagrams into the mix anytime you want. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. Hey, well, that's all about organization. So I totally get that. It is. Sure. Yeah. yeah, you betcha. So a question that I have is um, because you're, you're kind of the expert on this is mm-hmm. how does organizing really help to clear the mind? Oh, well, first of all, I think we need to go to the other side of organizing to understand that, right? And it's the idea of clutter. And so I want to be very clear when we're talking about any of these things, it's so important for us to identify what that actually means to define it. And I love to go to the Peter Walsh quote. I think it helps us define this so brilliantly when we say that clutter is not just the stuff on your floor. It's anything that gets in between you and the life you want to be living. So if we apply that concept, you can start to see how definitely the stuff on the floor, the stuff overflowing in the closets, ask me how I know, because I've been there too. 
All of that is definitely clutter, but all the information we receive as moms and entrepreneurs uh, that we're trying to figure stuff out and then we want to gather more information because we're feeling unsure about what we're doing and we're just absolutely overloaded is clutter. All the stuff we have on that never ending to-do list, you know, the one where you scratch off Mm -hmm. what you can, but then you add so much more and then it keeps going and you're flipping the pages and you're like, how long does this sucker go? Exactly. I don't know how many pages that I have, but it seems to get bigger every single day. (laughs) <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll talk about that for sure. So all of these things, you can see how they're, they're clutter because they can potentially get in the way of the life you want to be living. They can feel like if you can't get through those things, they become a block, right? To making the best choices, to having the space to, to take care of you, right? I mean, so many times, what's the first thing that goes out the window is the self-care, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So given that idea that we have this clutter and it's blocking us. Okay. And also that the clutter of like the to do's, for example, all of these things are constant reminders to us of what we haven't gotten done. Mm -hmm. And by the way, our brains, right. Mm -hmm. Our brains love to do this to us because our brains love to close a task loop. So if I said, Hey, what'd you do last week? You're like, it's probably either, I don't know, or not much, or what, I mean, we're so quick to kind of push that off because our brains have gone, we are done. And we're moving that. I don't even know what that was that you did because look at all the stuff you have yet to do. Our brains are like, Hey, our brains can be jerks sometimes, (laughs) but really they love to point out what do you have next to do? And you're not celebrating enough the other side of it. Right. So clutter in that way is a reminder. It, it, It brings up the guilt Mm-hmm. And the stress and the front and the frustration of what we haven't done yet. And all of those things that I'm talking about, um, the, the actual physical blocks, the, um, the not being able to find things, the guilt, the frustration, all of these things are proven to reduce our productivity. So if we flip the script here, mm-hmm. we remove the clutter, we create the space, we allow ourselves to breathe, we reduce the stress what happens, right? Yes, absolutely. Well, and I think a lot of people would agree with you going, some of the best feelings is that clutter free time. I know myself when uh, my house is organized, my car is organized and cleaned, and my classroom, my plans, and I'm a teacher by trade during the day. And um, so when all of that stuff is finished, I'm like, wow, I just the, the amount of creativity going on in my brain is is amazing. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that because that's the other thing that it does is it creates an environment that is conducive to innovation, to creativity, to problem solving. It's the same idea too, if your brain is cluttered with all these worries of the to-dos and stuff and you get that out into a safe place and you process it, now your brain is open to problem solve, to create. And the same thing with your environment and you know this as a teacher, you see it with the, the kids you teach and you see it with yourself that when you have things in place, when things have a home and you have the space physically and mentally, you create like crazy, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and the students can feel it too. And I I know people can feel it when they're in that space for sure, Mm -hmm. for sure. So yeah. So, you know, being coming clutter free, um, that definitely helps to empower yourself and Mm -hmm. create some of those scenarios. So what are some suggestions on how to become clutter free? For those of us that might be new to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's many good ones. And you'll hear a lot of advice out there. 
And my take on it is very specific to getting in deep so that it will stick because come with me on a story here of uh, a tale of getting things decluttered and feeling really great. And then a week or a month (laughs) or, you know, a couple months go by and suddenly you're like, what happened to that space? It's right back where we started. Absolutely. I don't want that for you. So the, the framework that I use for decluttering, I actually created a specific framework called the simple system. Hmm. And uh, in order to help you create what works for you, and, and that's really the key. It, it goes down to some really key components of knowing yourself, which actually works brilliantly with your episode with Eileen Wagner. Oh, yes. Right. Yes, the value systems and such. Yes, yes exactly. That is a big part of what I do with my awesome. clients is working on values. And that's where the, uh, the self-awareness part comes in when I talked about simplicity, self-awareness and systems and in that order. But finding the what belongs in your space or what doesn't. That's really the key to, to the decluttering. And we would love this idea of being clutter-free, but really we have to understand what is clutter to us and what isn't and what belongs. And we do that by understanding our value systems, by going to our core values, by going to where we are currently in our lives, what we're doing, what we're juggling, what our expectations are, you know, what we've learned, you know, who's, who's playing together in the house or in the workspace, you know, uh, what kind of team are you on and what do you need to accomplish? Understanding those aspects first, create what I call filters. So for example, if you're familiar with Marie Kondo, she talked about sparking joy. And I, I love that because it's very simple. We can all play with this idea. And many people that I've worked with have tried that and then said, but it's not working. Well, that's because she she helped us understand one filter, sparking joy. Uh, There's also a lot of stuff going on in our lives, budget issues and, and other people that we're trying to work with where that's not always you know, the simplest thing to be able to determine, right? So if you start looking at your values, at your current projects, at your, maybe for your business, your strategic planning, when you start to create those kind of filters, you are now able to look at them and look at what's surrounding you, whether it's, you know, your physical items or your to-do list, whatever that potential clutter could be. Now you can address what, what is the clutter and what isn't and what belongs and what doesn't. Okay, on a simple physical side, think about where you're living, the space that you're in, and uh, what season you're in with it. Now, that could be a season of life. You have little kids. You're going to have lots of extra little toys. Mm -hmm. Maybe your clutter threshold needs to be bumped up a little bit because (laughs) this is how we roll, baby. Because if your values are, I want my children engaged and playing and having fun, you let that slide a little, right? Yeah. Maybe you have a certain amount of space that you're working with. But uh, a very easy example is if you have holiday decorations, they don't stay in a closet by your living room all year round, right? Those are a specific season. Maybe they go in an attic or a garage or a basement or something like that, and you bring them out. So think about that in terms of all seasons of your life, Um, actual seasons, seasons of uh, the year, you know, in terms of cold and hot, things uh, like your seasons of your life. Like I said, maybe if you have children or if you are 
starting a new business, which is like having a new baby. Oh, yes. Right. Definitely. Definitely. We've all been there. And it's very much that piece where there's so much going into it. It's actually really hard to filter through things and what is important and what is not and how to prioritize all of that. Yeah. So give yourself some grace and patience with that as you go always, because life transitions are the biggest time where you're going to see an uptick in clutter. And like you said, that potential confusion and having to figure it out. But as you go and as you get more and more clear on who you are, what you're wanting to accomplish, what's important to you, what you need, even in terms of self-care, I have a, a worksheet as part of my free library called The Joy List one page of prompts to help you understand and create your own self-care guide, right? And so when you have that idea where you're like, oh, you know what I really need to do? I, I just do so much better when I take a walk and I listen to a podcast or when I go get a pedicure. Like, I don't want to say always that self-care is necessarily pampering, but sometimes it can be. Mm-hmm. But it's still the idea of pouring into you, right? This is where we start getting into energy management and absolutely right, being able to show up better. So when you start to have these filters in place where you're like, this belongs, this is what I want to bring in here, this is what I want to make space for, right? Now you can figure out, okay, if I make space for these things, then what's the rest of it and what do I do with it? And this is a very oversimplified way of of the frameworks that I use and, and how I work with clients, but the concept is there. So you figure out what belongs, then with the rest of it, it may be either that it just doesn't belong and that's going to be a try to bless and release moment, or maybe it's a, a not now, right? Not in the season. Absolutely. So, I mean, those are, that's really the starting point. If you can be clear on why you want to declutter, like what's going on that you're missing out on and that you can't get to it again, physically or mentally, and then you create those filters, you will find that those decisions subsequently are actually going to feel so much easier. Awesome. Awesome. So tell me a little bit about to-do lists because you mentioned them a little bit and whether them uh, being positive or negative. And it sounded like perhaps maybe to-do lists aren't the best things. Do you have the next best thing besides to-do lists? I actually have an approach to to-do lists that I think is the next best thing and a clarification point about them. So we talked about this idea, and it's not just an idea, cough, cough, because I've done it myself, where you keep <laughs> adding stuff and adding stuff and yes. adding stuff. And sometimes it's because you feel obligated and sometimes it's because you're so excited because there's so much to be done and that you want to try and create either way. As you list these things that are coming out of your brain, and I think that's incredibly important. Um, It's one of the practices that I use with all my clients. You can do it, walk away as soon as we're done with this conversation and do it yourself. Set a five-minute timer, take everything out of your brain, right? Mind sweep, brain dump, whatever you want to call it. Put it down, which is kind of what happens with that never-ending list, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got to do that. Well, I want you to take that list that you were creating or the brain dump that we just talked about or, or both. And I want you to understand that that list is actually not your to-do list. Okay. It, it is your to choose list. Hmm. So you have it there. It's in a safe space. You've captured it. 
brilliant because it's the most important thing that you have it somewhere and it's captured and safe because otherwise their brains are going to be like, oh, I don't want to forget. Right. Because it's constantly in that limbo in your head. You're always yes. thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it, you know, stresses you out and it distracts you and it keeps you from being fully present. Right. So it's great that you got it down there. But now I want you to keep that as your capture list. And mm. I want you to create a to-do list. So, or as I said, this will be your to choose list. Now, when I say to choose, what does that feel like to you? Well, it makes me think that I can choose the things that I want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and it also gives me the freedom to decide whether I want to do them right now or perhaps later. I love that. And I love that word freedom, that freedom of choice. I mean, that's a very powerful thing, right? And for me, it also brings up this idea of being able to prioritize, which is exactly what you just said. Maybe not now, maybe soon. When does it need to be done? But there's even more to it than that. And I have a, uh, actually have a a podcast episode about this and a worksheet uh, tackling your to-do list in four steps. And the first step is to figure out, you know, what doesn't belong, like we're deleting it. But then, uh, you know, we are looking at the different components on this list when we're choosing, right? There's going to be places where we can say, okay, this is a not now. It's, you know, and it's not even necessarily a someday, but maybe it's a not now. It's maybe in a two week period, right? So again, it's taking those things out of our prime real estate. Okay. And, and because when it's, we feel like it all has to be done right now and it's all urgent, all important, everything's a priority, nothing's a priority. So mm-hmm. now we start to open up this list because we're choosing when to do it. And the next is we're choosing how to do it. Because if you look at the list of things, instead of saying, how can I do this? Ask, how can it get done? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then choosing that way and choosing the method. That's exactly. Fantastic, fantastic is, idea. Right. Frequently, that's some form of delegation. Don't let the word delegation scare you. It's not always handing it to someone who is incompetent. It's going to mess it up and you're going to have to do it anyhow. Does it sound at all familiar, right? Yeah. Oh, as, <laughs> as a former recovering control person. Yes, absolutely. That does sound a little daunting. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So given that, I just want to um, encourage you that sometimes delegation can be automation. It can be delegating to a system that you set up. It can be also delegating things that perhaps aren't as critical to you, maybe not your, your, your baby in terms of like what you're working on that's so precious to you, but something else that is taking up time that you're doing you're like, oh, well, if I set that up and I, it's an automated system or I have someone do that, but if they do it a different way for me, it's not so bad. There's lots of different ways. If you just ask the question and be creative, how can it get done? And then once you have cleared the space, stuff that didn't belong in the first place, what was I thinking? Kind of like mm-hmm. clothes in the closet that still have the tags on them, right? Uh, you know, it's like <laughs> once you've cleared all that, Now you can look at the real list that remains and say, okay, what's the the best thing to do right now? Um, Now you start using techniques like the 80-20 principle. Mm -hmm. Uh, The, um, you know, 80% of your results can come from 20% of your efforts. 
that's so encouraging to think that if you, if you look at, let's say a list of 10 things, no way I didn't mean for math to be involved, but yeah, that's okay. That's okay. But (laughs) if you look at it and you're like, huh, okay. So I got a list of 10 things here and two of these things are going to take me 80% of the way of where I want to go. They're going to make things easier. They're going to be the big domino that knocks things over. Another great recommendation besides the 80-20 principle, which is a book as well, is The One Thing by Gary Keller. A little more challenging, but these concepts are encouraging you to look for the things that are going to take you further faster. Because again, it's that choice thing not everything is equal. Not everything is the priority. And when you are selective and how you Mm -hmm. um, choose what you're doing and when it's going to really get the the needle moving. Absolutely. And I think when people feel like they have, like you said before, that freedom to choose, they have that buy-in that they actually very, you create a buy-in system because you're like, you know what, I'm in charge of this. I'm in control of this and I'm choosing to do this. Absolutely. And now you're talking too about how we show up in terms of our energy, right? Mm -hmm. And when we have, I I just really believe in energy management over time management because time, well, okay, we're not managing time. We're managing our energy. We're managing our priorities. We're managing ourselves. Mm -hmm. And you're absolutely right. When we get to choose, right? Get to, I just use a, a phrase I love. When you get to say, when you get to, I just said it again, get to, that's a wonderful phrase. I get to do this. I get to do that first. I will take care of this. And then I get to, and now you start, you create reward systems for yourself. Now we're starting to move into habit development Mm. and you know what I mean? And it's just a wonderful pattern to get into because we show up differently when it's drudgery and we're like, I am absolutely dreading this could I maybe get a root canal instead? <laughs> hey, I've had a root canal before and you know what? It was fabulous. I know that sounds very funny, <laughs> but it's true. I think I even fell asleep. I was like, boy, what was all the, what was all the fuss about? It was great. But anyway, that's a, well, another side note, but uh, then probably <laughs> even more likely you'd be like, I'll have another root canal, please. Instead <laughs> of doing that thing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So that, yeah, I mean, that's where we're going with this. It's like, you could also go with 16 personalities, which I consider the more modern take on Mm -hmm. the Myers-Briggs, right? You could do the DISC profile. All of these you can do, uh, you can find by Googling them. Uh, Chronotypes are another one, the power of when, and uh, there's a a free uh, chronotype quiz. You can check your strengths as well, but all of this to say that when you start to get a sense of these repeat patterns that are malleable, however, and I think that's so important, you don't have to lock yourself in. You have the potential for growth and change, but this uh, type of approach where you're looking at your personality gives you a jumping off point, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You need to start somewhere. You need to put something in the GPS, right? So you start there and you're like, well, if I'm an extrovert and I just, I love being with people and I'm energized by conversation, how does that translate to the type of systems? And when I say systems, this could be the process, right? In which you're doing something, the habits that you're creating, you can get the things you need to get done in many different ways. Nice ensuring that you do them in ways that really matches who you are 
if you're an introvert and you're like, I think I'm going to uh, be a speaker on stage, not, not that there haven't been many introverts who do that, but they need to be able to match up the purpose, right? They need to match up that they're okay with that because it's different because they're on stage and they're not having to have one-on-one conversations with a bunch of people at a time, which makes them sweat a lot. You know what I mean? Like you have to know yourself. You have to know yes. like how you want to show up. Maybe conversely, I'll say, I know it's going to come as a shock. I hope everyone is sitting down. I'm an extrovert. <laughs> no, I never would have guessed as a, as a fellow extrovert myself. So. <laughs> Krista, I know, I know it's everyone is stunned. Let's take a moment. Yeah. So given that <laughs> and my love for external processing, I knew podcasting was for me. I knew guesting. This is the way I love to show up and figure out this stuff. Writing a blog, I tried to do that at first because that's what they said. They Mm -hmm. said, start your business. They said, write a blog. They said, you need to have anchor content. They said, I don't know who they are, but but they didn't know me because that's the dust on my blog still to this day (laughs) (laughs) because it just wasn't for me. So again, it's being creative in knowing how you show up, what's really important. Great example, client recently trying to figure out how to incorporate more self-care in the form of exercise. Mm. One of the things we, we really noted that I think is so important is not always the most efficient things. We're always going for efficiency. I love efficiency, but it's not always the best choice for your personal productivity when you are trying to develop a habit. Mm-hmm. She is, she, she makes me look like an introvert, you know I mean? She's super extroverted. And so even though she had the opportunity, which would be really efficient to bring a personal trainer to her home and fit it into her schedule, that's not going to light her up. No, she wants to be at a group class doing Pilates, interacting with others, interact- she's getting their energy from them. Yeah, exactly. And that's going to take a little bit longer because she's got to drive there and back. There's going to be more to it in terms of scheduling, but she's going to benefit more from it. So it's that kind of knowledge of ourselves and that kind of thing that I was processing with her, which will help her develop a habit. I mean, it's all well and good to, to set up one that sounds great on paper, but what's going to happen when you're not into it? Mm-hmm. That's just it, right? Yeah. Been there, done that. Or yeah. been there, didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. For sure. So another thing that I was thinking about is so developing these habits. So what would you recommend to anyone who has trouble starting a habit and trying to get into more positive habits? So understanding, you know, why you want to do this in the first place, right? Really locking in some of it, like the uh, four tendencies quiz that I mentioned, if you understand where you're coming from, let's say you're an obliger, okay, there's 72% of the population. And what they need is the, they're really big on outer accountability, because they show up to do the thing for others. And I don't mean that the other categories aren't like also really giving people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But what I mean is that they feel this need that to show up for others. They're the kind who, if they want to practice yoga, they end up becoming yoga teachers and teaching the class. Or they're the ones who are like, let's have a book group because I really want to read this book, but I'm not just doing it on my own. But if I'm doing it for others and they're expecting me to read it, I will show up and do it. If you understand that that's how you roll, Mm-hmm. then now you can start to create habits that include that kind of aspect. Right. 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 Okay. 
that's like one of the first places that I would start is, is understanding yourself a little bit better, but the other way that you can do things, um, that is, I would say equally as important and maybe something you can do right this minute while you're still learning about yourself is make that habit as easy as possible with regard to your environment. Mm -hmm. Okay. So for example, I want to get up and walk in the morning, lay out those clothes ahead of time, make it so simple that you're like rolling out of bed and falling into your athletic pants. <laughs> That's Ask funny me because, how I know. <laughs> you know what? That's funny that you mentioned that because I've tried to get into a habit of getting up in the morning. I'm, I'm, I'm a 5 a.m. or so getting up in the morning and work, walking on my elliptical. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple of days where I'm like, you know what? I don't know. Tomorrow might be challenging. I've even gone to bed in my exercise clothes so that I had no excuse. I was all ready to rock and my shoes were there and I had no excuse because yeah, there was a couple mornings where it's hard when you're trying to develop a habit very much. So you really have to make it as easy and as simplistic as possible. I love that you did that. Go you. I mean, that's amazing and committed, right? And that's the whole thing is that when you do that and you make it as easy as possible, then you start to track it. Then you celebrate it, which we just did now. That's super important. The other thing I love to suggest is what I call anchor anchoring habits. And what I mean by that is you are trying to remember to take certain supplements, let's say, well, you consistently brush your teeth. You're on that. You set it by your toothbrush then so that it gives it again, it's your environment helping you because Mm -hmm. you're getting a visual reminder there. If visual clutter is an issue, or let's say it, there's something you're like, you need to hop on the elliptical immediately after you brush your teeth, but you can't move the elliptical into the bathroom. <laughs> um, then you put a post-it note there, for example. It's just different ways that you are anchoring or maybe tethering uh, you know, certain habits together. Mm-hmm. You're using one that you've already locked in to benefit the new one you're trying to develop. Absolutely. Okay. Well, that sounds like a great plan. I'm going to have to put a sticky note that says, go to your elliptical right on my mirror (laughs) after brushing my teeth. For sure. And the other thing I want to mention with that is we need to reward ourselves. And I just think this is such a critical part of the equation. And if you look at anything from uh, James Clear's Atomic Habits, which is super popular to Charles Duhigg, which is really where James pulled a lot from Charles Duhigg on the um, smarter, faster, better, and the power of habit. uh, They talk about like um, sort of like a I'm trying to think like a cycle, if you will, like a habit cycle. And, and so you have your cue, which tells you when to do the thing and the habit itself and your reward essentially. And there are different components for each of them, but the concept is, is there. And that includes habits that we get into that maybe don't serve us as well. Mm -hmm. There's always a reward. So I guess what I want to encourage too, is as you're starting to do something, for example, hopping on the elliptical or whatever it is that you feel is good for you. I know it's, it's easy for us to say, that's a reward in and of itself. It's good for us. So good. No, no. I want you to actually do something super fun, like watch five ridiculous cat videos when you're done or something that just jazzes you up and makes you happy. Or you're like, oh, I really want to check Instagram. Ask me how I know. And, uh, (laughs) you know, and say, okay, Krista, we're going to do this thing first. And then you know, 10 minutes of uh, Insta scrolling and and life is good or whatever. Give yourself some form of reward that helps you keep going back. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Well, and I know for myself, it's listening to podcasts. I really enjoy listening to podcasts. That seems to be the only time that yep. I get a chance to, well, I can, I'm also a commuter. So I definitely listen to podcasts while I commute as well, but uh, I love listening to podcasts on my elliptical. There you go. And that's great because it's while you're doing it. And so that encourages you because you're like, now it's podcast time. And also I happen to be on the elliptical. So mm-hmm. that's a great way to tether the activities as well. Absolutely. So I, you had mentioned earlier on, we had connected a little bit on Instagram. You had made a little comment about what you were going to post for the day and very much about your diet is not only what you eat. Love that. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Yes. It's, it's about, you know, how you set yourself up for success and being mindful of the things that you put into your body. And I'd also preface that with saying not only things that you put into your body, but what you do with your body. So Ooh, I like that. Yeah. So that's just, I think that's also important. So how does your diet for organization help, do you think? So I think this goes back to this idea and the the way that I had described mine, I love it. It's like great minds think alike, right? It's, Mm -hmm. It's, we're talking about what we're absorbing, right? And in a way we're absorbing energy. This might sound a little woo woo, but think about it when you're hanging out with someone who's just like, ugh so frustrated and so angry and so complainy and all the things and how you feel. You feel drained. Okay. This is a very real thing. You can, whether you're woo or not, I'm like woo and I'm like half woo on my dad's side. (laughs) I mean, like, you know, it doesn't matter. You, you know, that this is a real thing that, that some people energize you and some people don't (laughs) and some activities do and some don't. Right. So Mm -hmm. I think with this in mind, when we start thinking about what we're absorbing, what information we're pulling in, I talked before about the potential for information to be clutter. If we're taking in information, let's say as a new business owner, and we're like, oh, I'm supposed to do it this way. And the shoulds are coming at you a mile a minute. And then that makes you feel like maybe I'm doing something wrong. And because it's a challenge at first to be able to stand on your own and say, mm-hmm. no, this is the choice I'm making. And this is what's best for me. And I know I'll give you an example is that everyone loves to talk about morning routines and getting up early. Guess what? That's not me. It never has been, and it doesn't work for me. So I actually put a lot of emphasis on my nighttime routine as a result. Ooh. And I've worked with clients who do the same thing. You do more work, you know, to set yourself again, you're still setting yourself up for success. You're choosing when to do it and how to do mm-hmm. it. So, yeah, I just think it's a, what energy we're absorbing, wh- whether it comes from people or the information that's coming in. I think those are the things we need to be careful of because it goes back to energy management. And when we're drained, our productivity will be drained as well. Mm-hmm. And spending your energy wisely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we have so much energy. We can pour into ourselves or be drained. So we have those choices. Okay. Sometimes you're going to work and you're like, okay, I don't have a choice. That's why it's so important to have the self-care and pour yourself back Mm -hmm. in. Right. But where you do have the choice of what's going to drain you or not, you're absolutely right. Being very uh, intentional. I love that word uh, about how we're using this energy. Like you said, you know, how we're not only what we're absorbing, you know, in our, in our bodies, Um, but also how we're expending that energy. You're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. Definitely. 
I would love to hear more about that. Some, your three S's, that simplicity. And I love, just so you know, I'm a total geek when it comes to like acronyms and that kind of stuff. So when you said th- like the three S's, I was like, Ooh, that's so Ooh. awesome. I love that. So tell me a little bit more about that simplicity, self-awareness and systems and okay. how does that all work together? So this is great because it ties back to the conversation that we have just had. So you can kind of make these connections, which that's where I geek out. And, and maybe there's a Venn diagram that we can involve here. Right. But this idea of simplicity. Okay. First of all, just coming at it from the standpoint that we are inclined as a society to pass off simplicity, like it's less valuable. Mm -hmm. I don't know why somehow we're like complex Oh, if it, oh, that, that was easy to do. That was simple to do. That must not be very valuable. Think about when you're in your zone of genius and you're doing something amazing Mm -hmm. and people are like, Krista, that was amazing. You're like, what? That was right. Yep. Own it. Own it, girl. I mean, so yeah, simplicity is really embracing that it does not need to be so complicated, that it can be in flow. It can be easy you are meant to be in your zone and in your flow, right? And that that's a wonderful, good thing. And also that you don't like immediately overexert. If you think about in lean management, for example, they use, I love the MVP concept, minimum viable product. So Mm -hmm. let's say in the entrepreneurial space, you want to create something, a new course or a new product or whatever. Our inclination sometimes, especially as women, I think, is to go, you know, just go, go right? all out, go yes. all out. And the harder you work, and I'm guilty of that too, the harder you work, the better it must be. Right, exactly. And and it comes from a good place. It also kind of comes from a place where we want to prove something. So let's be careful of that, that yeah. hustle culture and that, that inclination, I think that we have as women to be like, well, you're not going to question me. You're not going to question the quality because I'm going to give a thousand percent. I don't care if mathematically that doesn't work out, you know? <laughs> so given that this is releasing and, and giving ourselves permission to say, actually, it makes more sense to start with the minimum and test it out, test your market, um, see how people react, build it so that you can customize it even better for your people, Mm -hmm. like to understand the benefit of simplicity. Then there's a self-awareness part. And again, they overlap because you can make the steps that you take that you're creating in terms of the habits, which gets to the systems, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, You can take those things that you know about yourself and incorporate that into what you're doing. Another important part of that self-awareness, okay, is the self-care part and also the authenticity part. Mm -hmm. Showing up true to ourselves. Mm -hmm. I show up, you know, talking to you in a messy bun, uh, telling you how much I love coffee and gifts. That's fantastic. (laughs) Right? And sometimes I'm the hottest mess organizer you will meet, but it's not about that. It's about understanding how we can course correct and how we can adjust and to, you know, understand and have empathy. So I, I, I truly believe in showing up authentically and leaning into that. And that's all part of the self side of it. And then the system side is once we understand those other things, we really gotten simple, let go of what doesn't belong, embrace the fact that it can be easy and that it can be done in a way that is true to who we are now we can set up the right processes, the right habits, the right organizational flow 
that's just going to keep it going in the most beautiful way. And you're going to be like, wow, is this like, okay. Cause it seems a little too uh, smooth. Like, <laughs> shouldn't something go wrong? You know, I mean, it'll make you, it make you second guess in the most wonderful way. So that's how the three work together. Fantastic. Okay. So my last, um, I have two final questions. Okay. And so my first final question is if you could give three pieces of advice to a person to get on this organizational journey, what would it be? First piece of advice is to capture what you have right now, just in terms of like taking photos, acknowledging where you are, right? Uh, because it, we're very quick to forget how far we've come, okay? The second one is to go at the pace and for the reasons that you want. Don't pay attention to anyone else. Don't worry that your neighbor Marie condoed the heck out of her house. Uh, <laughs> don't uh, don't feel that you need to use a specific platform. Again, it, it's staying true to yourself and authentic, right? And the third one is to celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. Or is that third, fourth, and fifth? Because <laughs> because we don't do that enough. We don't have the gratitude for how far we've come, where we are in the moment, why we're doing the things that we're doing, you know, the progress that we've made. And it's so, so important that we do and that we do it with each other. Do it right now. I'd love for you to message me. If you're on Instagram, positively underscore Lisa, message me, tell me something. If you've decluttered, people send me pictures all the time of like, <laughs> <laughs> things things they've decluttered or updates on something that they did or that they let go of or they released I will celebrate with you Krista will celebrate with you we'll be you so excited it. so that that's really my uh my three pieces of advice fantastic and my last question is um because rustic affair stands for authentic empowerment really looking at how we can authentically empower ourselves so what is your definition of what does authentically empowered mean so authentically goes back again to this idea of understanding who you are, right? And one of the things I, it was a conversation that I had that I, I absolutely love is this idea of being authentic is like being a magnet. And, and what's interesting about magnets is that they both repel and attract. So you are, when you are truly authentic, you are pulling to yourself what is meant for you and you are pushing away what is not meant for you. And that kind of, I mean, that's like decluttering right there. Absolutely. And, right. And that kind of choice, like we were talking about all those things to me, what's more empowering than that? Awesome. Well, thank you very much. I've truly enjoyed our conversation, Lisa. As have I, Krista. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you'd like more information on Lisa Zorotny and all the wonderful things that she does, make sure to check out our show notes as well as our previous episodes. So don't miss an episode of the Rustic Affair podcast. The Rustic Affair podcast, becoming the best version of you.